Welcome to Seeing Deep Podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. This month, we've been tackling fear, examining the roots of fear when it strikes in our lives. And this week, we have author, speaker, Kristen Weatherall joining us, discussing her new book, Fight Your Fears, Trusting God's Character and Promises When You Are Afraid. Kristen Weatherall is a wife, mother, and writer. She is the author of Fight Your Fears, Trusting the Character and Promises of God When You Are Afraid, and the co-author of the award-winning book, Hope When It Hurts, Biblical Reflections to Help You Grasp God's Purpose in Your Suffering. She has contributed to several compilation books and writes regularly for digital publications such as The Gospel Coalition, Revive Our Hearts, and Unlocking the Bible. Kristen also enjoys teaching God's Word to women of local churches. She and her husband, Brad, live in Chicagoland, are members of the Orchard, and are parents to Joanna. Welcome, Kristen. Thanks, Denise. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it is such a joy. Y'all, have you ever read a book with a highlighter in hand, and you thought you might as well just dip that book in yellow? (laughs) Well, that is what this book is right here. My goodness, Kristen, I love the truth you share in this book. I'm so excited to discuss your book, and it is such a joy to have you on today. The scripture for today's episode is from Psalm 111, verse 10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. I love this verse, mainly because of the word in there that gives me so much hope, practice. We're not going to be perfect in the application of what it means to live in the fear of the Lord, but praise the Lord that He will complete the work He's begun in us, and we are practicing down here with the help of the Holy Spirit. There are such sweet promises for us when we walk in the fear of the Lord. This is the only fear that brings us peace, gives us wisdom and understanding. And this is what I love about your book, Kristen. You are fighting fear with fear, so to speak, but not the typical fear we think of when we think of the word fear. Can you share on this concept of fighting fear with the fear of the Lord? Well, what is fear? That's the first question, right? And I think there are variations on the word fear and different ways that we can define it. But I've been very helped by uh, the way my senior pastor has described uh, fear, which is giving something weight. So the question is, what or who in this case are we giving the most weight in our lives? And um, actually just did an interview and, and thought it was so helpful because the, the interviewer said, wow, what, what, a, what a helpful illustration, an illustration of a scale where one side is weighed more heavily by who the Lord is, his character, his attributes, his word, his promises. And then on the other side are all these other things that we fear, um, And is the fear of the Lord holding the most weight in our lives? Is that side of the Mm -hmm. scale dipping way, way lower than the other side because we see God in all of His beauty and glory and holiness and, and know that He is God? He is the one who is worthy of having the most weight in our lives. So the way that I like to define the fear of the Lord is a worshipful reverence and awe of God's glory. And as we grow in worshiping Him for who He is, who the Word says He is, 
it gives us perspective on all of these other fears that we face and that we fight. So that's that's how I believe the fear of the Lord scripturally addresses all these other fears that we are fighting. Oh, so good. You know, I had a friend whose daughter was turning 13 and she asked me if I would write a letter to her for her birthday and what was the most important, significant thing that had helped me in my walk with God. And as I prayed on what God would have me write to her, the fear of God rose in my spirit. And so I poured into her page after page about how fearing God had blessed my life. And I tried to explain that this was not a shaking in my boots type of fear, but an awe and a reverence and an understanding that I was accountable to my great God, who was not just first in my life. He was my life. He is my life. It's all about Him. And, you know, the fear of man, which is prolific in our culture, especially with social media, has so many people bound, not just the youth. And it bound me for most of my life as well. You mention in your book that we do not fear God as we ought to. Instead, we fear anything and everything He has made. How did this happen? Well, we can go to the very beginning of the Bible story to see how this happened. And we see there that God created humans to walk in the fear of Him, to walk in wonderful, beautiful relationship with Him, in love for Him, treasuring Him in obedience to His Word, because that's best for us. And so He created us to fear Him and to enjoy fearing Him. And yet, when we think about everything that the fear of the Lord entails, we see that we have failed miserably, right? We don't fear God as we ought to. Um, we do worship the creation rather than the creator. And we we do rebel against Him in our sin, and we are disobedient. And so the question is, is you know, where where do we go wrong? And it seems to me that when we look at the story of Adam and Eve in Genesis, that they decided that instead of fearing God, they would fear the creation. And they wondered, did God really say, is God really worthy to be worshiped and feared? And when Adam and Eve sinned against the Lord, what ended up happening is all of creation was broken, not only the souls of mankind, but the world that we see around us. And the result of that is alienation from the God who created us mm. and intends us to walk in the in godly fear of Him. And so our fears in that respect have been distorted. Now we hide from God and we, we terror before Him rather than coming to Him confidently in worshipful reverence and awe of His glory. And instead of worshiping Him alone, we make idols and those idols are the things that we end up fearing more than God. So that's how this happened. That's how we got in the predicament that we're in. Wow. You know, if we could just camp around that probably for a couple of weeks and talk about that, but the corruption we see and how the whole world goes after these idols, it's so steeped in our culture that, you know, I think that's why so many people don't see it. It's just, hey, everybody is following or everyone is fearing this. And uh, we are just called to seek after God and, and fear and know Him. And that just kind of brings our vision and understanding and perspective back in line, you know, with the Word of God uh, so hard when we're just surrounded by the fallen world. So, you know, we live in such a fearful time. 
And it can seem overwhelming to people that they can actually extinguish fear. And so we try with self-help books or claiming bravery. But I like that you mention fearlessness is not necessarily the goal. Can you talk about that? Yes. And it's the problem that I personally came up against when I was uh, pregnant with our daughter and fresh fears arose. I needed a better way to deal with them because the messages that the world was sending weren't helpful, um, were powerless to deliver me from fear. And honestly, this message about fearlessness, even within the church, which I believe comes from good intentions, um, isn't biblical. I believe it's an overpromise and it's misguided because mm-hmm. we see in scripture that the fear of the Lord is the goal. And uh, it seems to me that if we're pursuing fearlessness, even more than we're pursuing the one who is worthy to be feared, then God just becomes a means to our own end. Now, does uh, Jesus give blessing? Does he provide all of his riches and power from his spirit to fight fear? Absolutely, he does. But Jesus is the goal, not fearlessness. So um, that was very helpful to me in seeing that. And I think it helps, honestly, a lot of Christians to not feel so defeated then when the same fears come back and return. And we wonder so easily, what's wrong with me? I'm a Christian. Shouldn't I be able to just deal with this and be done with it? Well, we're not home yet. We are still in a fallen world in in these fallen bodies and struggling with the presence of sin even though the power of sin has been defeated by Christ, the presence of sin remains. And that's why the title of the book is Fight Your Fears, because fear, it's not a one and done act getting over it, but it's a continual practice. It's a posture before the Lord of choosing to trust Him. And so in that sense, we make strides and um, we trust Jesus that by His Spirit, He's at work. Well, and that keeps us in relationship, too. I think a lot of times uh, mankind just wants a a once and done, you know, hey, I'm done with it, check mark, you know, go back to comfort zone. (laughs) But uh, being in that place of need of God help me, you know, it it just keeps us in that relationship of seeking after Him. Uh, You know, and fear seems so powerful, and we, we lack the strength to overcome it on our own. But when I think of scriptures like, Psalm 23, verse 4, which says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, I recently uh, was diagnosed with melanoma, and that was right in the middle of um, flying out of the country for an interview and was not uh, sort of, my heart was prepared for it. Like I felt like God was saying there might be something here, but I wasn't thinking melanoma. (laughs) And that revelation sent me more to the scriptures to deal with this new fresh fear that popped up. And I was reading and singing Psalm 23 saying, okay, God, you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, I don't want to die now. My kids, my husband. So I think a lot of people, you know, fear is real. I mean, I think about Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane and the anxiety. You know, when you know you're about to go through something painful, fear is a natural response, but it's what we do with it, you know, and there's a struggle to live that out. Uh, I had to wrestle with fear 
over the reality that I'm finite and I'm fragile. And it brought me to a place of worship as I considered his holiness and that he even notices me. That he revealed the cancer in just enough time, if it was one more millimeter bigger, then I would have been another phase, um, another stage of cancer. So fear was turned on its head as I knew that whatever I was about to walk through, the presence of my holy God was with me. This is something you discuss in your book, the revelation of our loneliness when we consider his holiness. Can you share how his holiness can help us to let go of fear? Well, scripture says, as as you shared so wonderfully earlier, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when we're dealing with fear, the question is, how can I battle it? Where is this coming from? We, we tend to ask these questions about ourselves, but scripture is very clear that if we want wisdom and insight into our fears, um, we need the fear of the Lord. We have to start with God, not ourselves. And that's where the holy scriptures are so wonderful because the whole Bible uh, points to who God is and his wonderful salvation story through his son, Jesus Christ. So God's holiness, there are different definitions, but I love John Piper's. He calls it um, God's manifold perfections. All that God is in his power, in his wisdom, in his strength, in his love and his grace, in his righteousness and his justice. And when we glimpse God, Um, in his holiness, and we're always growing in these glimpses, right? We'll never exhaust who God is in this life until we see him face to face. And even then in eternity, we'll be getting to know him infinitely. Um, But when we we get a glimpse of who God is, um, as I mentioned earlier, it puts these other fears in their place. Hmm. It seems small in comparison. And we need to know who this creator God is in order to understand who we are. We need the great physician to diagnose our, our sin sickness and all the fruit of that. Um, and, and that's what scripture does for us is it gives us a view of God's glory and then a view of our lowliness before him. And yet this great God says, come to me, come to me. And that's why he sent his son. Mm. You know, we lose perspective when we look at the waves, when we get so focused on all the shiny objects and the struggles surrounding us. And there's such peace when we just reorient ourselves daily in God's Word. That's why we need to be in His Word. We get that perspective and understanding. And as you were just saying so beautifully, it puts everything into perspective. We understand our fear in light of an incredible God who's in complete control. There's also this principle we see in scripture of when we seek God, he will be found by us. He will help us. Psalm 34 verse four says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. I think sometimes the nature of fear and how it grips our hearts, it is so hard to be set free from it. For instance, right now going on, uh, the coronavirus is a pandemic. What encouragement can you offer people in this fear? Oh, Denise, this is the question of of our household right now. We are asking, how can we fight fear around this virus? Because it's so scary. And I think one of the first 
most helpful places to start is to realize that not all fear is bad, that God has given, like you mentioned earlier, us um, natural fear as a response to legitimate dangers and threats. Mm -hmm. And that's His mercy. Thank you, Lord, for fear in that sense. So we've been talking about, you know, in regards to the virus, how can we, in a, in a naturally fearful way, be smart and use common sense? And in that sense, you know, walk in, walk in love and protect our family members and protect others. Um, how can we make, my, my husband's a pastor, how can we make the wisest decisions for our church? Um, but at the same time, I think we have to keep in mind the holiness of God. And part of His holiness is that He's sovereign. He's in control. This coronavirus may be mysterious and scary and surprising to us, but it's not to Him. Mm. He knows the end from the beginning. And while the mystery of how evil and suffering interacts with God's sovereignty is indeed a mystery to us, and we will not fully understand it. We know that God is trustworthy. We know that He's in control. And so that's been hugely helpful for us just to think, God, this virus is no surprise to you, and you are Lord over it. And that encourages us to pray for God to act and stop it because we know that He's able and that nothing is impossible for him. Um, and it also encourages us to say, Lord, you are going to do what you purpose. And that's one of the verses that I actually encourage the readers to memorize in the book is that God's counsel will stand and he will accomplish all of his purposes. His glory is the goal. And even though we don't always like or are comfortable with the, the ways by which he pursues his glory, the Bible says that that is right and it's best and that he's worthy of our fear, even when we don't understand what he's doing. So my encouragement for people who are struggling as we are with fear against this virus is, you know, use common sense. God's given you a mind and um, a conscience. So do what's best for your family. Be prayerful about it. That's why I love that verse in Psalm 34. David says, I sought the Lord. Mm-hmm. So he's not just passively hoping that God's going to help him with his fear. He's prayerful. He's saying, Lord, we need you to give wisdom. I need you to deliver me. Um, So we can be prayerful about that. But I also think we have to keep in mind the bigger picture. And that's that all of our times are in God's hands and that he is sovereign and in control. And um, not even this coronavirus can defeat the Lord. Amen. Yeah. And you know, it's funny with the coronavirus, there's so many different responses out there. There's a lot of joking about it and there's panic about it. Uh, And ultimately, I believe God can use this to draw people back to himself. And so I think our goal as Christians is to help people go to God, you know, uh, as a solution. So fear is a stronghold, but when we make the Lord our stronghold instead, the fear of the Lord, then we overcome fear. We see this in Psalm 27, verse 1 as well. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Kristen, how can we make 
the fear of the Lord, our stronghold, when fear keeps rising up. I'm looking for some some practical takeaways that people can try. You know, sometimes I think we can tell people, fear the Lord. Uh, but sometimes there's, there might be strategies, go-to strategies that we have when fear grips our heart. So what would that look like for you? Uh, starting with the question, is this fear that I'm experiencing a natural fear or is it a sinful fear is a great place to start. So as we mentioned earlier, Denise, not all fear is necessarily sinful. Some of it is a gift from the Lord. And I think in those situations, we can say, thank you, God, for this fear. You know, the man, the fight or flight response in a mother <laughs> is unbelievable. It's, it's unlike anything else. When my daughter, she's two and a half, when she darts toward the street, mm-hmm. it's like everything within me just kicks in. And that's not a sin. That's a good thing. That's a good response. So I think we can start by saying, or even just praying about it, Lord, is this fear that I'm that I'm dealing with, uh, you know, a good kind of fear, or where is it veering uh, into an area of unbelief and of lack of trust in you? And so that's been a helpful place for me to start. And my husband has been really helpful to me. So godly counsel, finding people who you can talk to about this as well. Um, let them help you discern the, the the fear that you're dealing with. And then I think that there are certain fruits of fear that help us to know when fear is kind of going over that fine line into a sinful fear. I think when excessive worry, uh, excessive anxiety, or um, uh, even a, even a sense in which we believe that God is holding out on us. So we start to see kind of the fruit of bitterness or resentment in our hearts toward him. Um, we probably want to check our spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to search us and say, you know, Lord, has this become a fear in which I'm not, I'm not putting my trust in you, but I'm relying on my own strength and my own understanding and resources to deal with this. Um, so obviously prayer is a huge means of seeking God's counsel. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Test my anxious thoughts and point out any grievous way within me. Um, other strategies um, beyond the obvious, which is saturating our minds and our hearts in Scripture, which calls itself the sword of the Spirit. That's huge. But I think a particular strategy is memorizing it mm. because then when the fear continues to rise up, we can tell ourselves what's true. We don't have to listen to ourselves. We need to, we need to talk to ourselves. Um, and we need to preach the truth to ourselves. So if we have kind of a, a tool belt of uh, scripture to combat certain fears, that's going to help us. And the Spirit will use that to help us choose to put our trust in the Lord. So um, I would encourage people, search your Bible for specific verses that address specific fears. And that will help you when those fears arise. Yes. So discerning the fear and then seeking to memorize scripture are two key takeaways for us today. And I know even as I was going to surgery just a week and a half ago, uh, I remember just saying two different verses in my mind over and over and over and over again, because I just needed that reassurance. And it was enough for me to be at peace even though I had to be awake for the procedure. And I thought, 
I can't do this. <laughs> but I could do all things through Christ who gave me strength. And um, so thank you so much for being here, Kristen. Uh, Today, we looked at the fear of the Lord and how it relates to our fear. Next week, we'll be continuing this discussion with author Kristen Weatherall with some practical takeaways from the promises of God to help us extinguish fear. Leave a comment to be entered to receive a free copy of Kristen's book. And to learn more about Kristen, you can visit her website, www.kristenweatherall.com. And I'll have that link in our show notes as well. You've been listening to the Scene Deep podcast, where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems. (laughs) 